Ah, hey, Islanders, you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge, the featured morning show of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, bringing you a smoldering serving of local sports, news, and talk on the island. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. What is up, 88.9 The Bridge? Woo-hoo! I am Sid Stroff. And I'm Molly Rojas. We are here for... The last morning show of February. Woohoo! The best and the last. Yeah, for sure. We're exactly. pumped. We're excited. Yeah. We're ready. So we've been we've been out for a while. And mm-hmm. why don't we just start by just recapping February? What have we done? What was what was cool? I mean, we started the second semester. Mm-hmm. How's that been going for you, Molly? Um it's going, that's for <laughs> it's sure. Going. It's a it's a lot of stress, you know. Second semester senior, I'm a second semester senior, and I'm a little bit stressed out. I am just like trying to figure out everything, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's a lot of schoolwork. I don't know. I feel like senior year has been like uh, ten times harder than me than ju- for me than junior year, which is really? weird because everybody says junior year is the hardest. Yeah, I've heard that. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had mid- midwinter break this month. Yeah, that that's been fun. Wait, before we do that, I also want to recap my. Oh yes, yes. yeah, your, fe- oh my your my, February. Yes, my February. My second semester has also started off just a little bit shaky. I mean, uh, like I have been for some reason, like I kind of felt like there'd be kind of a break after first semester mm-hmm. ended. No, I get but that. But that was just not the case. Yeah. you know, <laughs> we kind of just like went right back into it, and my teachers were just like, "Okay, you have to keep up all of this because this is like." I don't know. We're just, we're just, we just went right back into the rhythm and we were just, we were just going, we were learning, we were taking tests yeah. and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, no, me too. It was like, normally I think after breaks, they like give you at least a couple of days to like soothe back into things, maybe watch like a documentary or something like, but I feel like we went, we just went right into it. Like yeah. no breaks. It was just like boom, 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 work, work, work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The momentum was like scary. <laughs> and I had like multiple tests immediately. I was like, we can chill out a little bit. Like we can calm down. Because I once you, I feel like I was still in like, I was trying to like have like after finals, I needed like a break. But then it was like, we're right back into it. No, exactly. I felt the same way. You know, I thought I needed that break, but it just, we just kind of just pushed back into the mode, especially in my math class. I noticed, I noticed that. But yeah, I guess, I guess one of my little breaks I enjoyed was Valentine's Day. I guess there are lots of fun activities that, I mean, we get to do. I mean, like, I don't, I don't really celebrate it with mm-hmm. anybody, but I mean, it's, it's fun just to, you know, see all the Valentine's Day traditions that people have. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I used to, we used to do a lot for Valentine's Day, like yeah. in elementary school, like when we made all those like boxes and candy and whatnot, but I feel like we there's not much now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And unfortunately, uh, we didn't get to play some of the Valentine's Day content that we had for our last morning show. So yep. let's hear some Valentines from our students. The students of Mercer Island High School and KMIH 88.9 The Bridge wanted to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. Here are some special dedications from our students. Hey, beautiful Islanders, it's Bichu. I just want to wish a happy Valentine's Day to all y'all beautiful faces, but especially Madison and Sophia Chu. Love y'all. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Hayes. Uh, this is to the future WOPO season team of 2023. 
I love you guys and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's, Kate. Love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Sid Shroff. I appreciate your presence. Happy Valentine's Day, Sam Poole. Happy Valentine's Day to Ellie Orr and Joey Lurie. I love you guys. Happy Valentine's Day for my dad. Um, I love you, man. Hi. Um, I just want to say happy Valentine's Day to my radio partner, Molly. Shout out to Cameron and Dahlia. Uh, Jay, you're my Valentine, if not the whole school's Valentine. Happy Valentine's Day, Matthew. Happy Valentine's Day, Quinn. To Sophia Proc, you light up my life. Thanks for always being your beautiful self. I would like to dedicate this to William Turba. He is my favorite person in my BizCom class and a very good friend. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I hope you guys all the best. And um, hope you all have a great day. I want to shout out everyone in radio for Valentine's Day. I love Alicia Wong. She's my favorite person ever. Happy Valentine's Day to my mom. My name is William Eckert. I dedicate some to Kelly Young. This is a special message dedicated to my sister Molly Rojas. Love you so much. I love you, Elise. You're amazing and you deserve the world. Happy Valentine's Day from KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. Happy Valentine's Day to Annabelle Hegarty. I would like to say happy Valentine's Day to Elise McDonald. She is a queen and yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Elise. You are, oh, Elise V. McDonald. You are my pride and joy. Will you marry me? Yes. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day, Anna Carson. I love you and you're my favorite soccer player. Happy Valentine's Day to Morgan Weiss. I love you, Morgan. To the oboe section, thank you so much for continuing to be based. Please continue being based in the future. Thank you for playing the best instrument. Good reads. What's up, Miss Yoda? You're the goat. I love you. Happy Valentine's Day from Tay Tay Swinney. Happy Valentine's Day, 88.9. After that song, Too Hard, uh, after that song by U2, um, we, uh, I just want to, I, I just made me really think about like the whole Two Hearts thing, the whole Valentine's Day thing. Mm-hmm. Are there any Valentine's Day like shout outs or anything that, that you missed that you wanted to, I don't that know. You wanted to dedicate That's to? That's a anyone? lot of pressure, you know? <laughs> I'm dedicating this Valentine's Day message to my dog. Your dog. Okay, to that, my dog. That, that's a good one. Leia, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> you know what? I'll do that. I'll do that for my dog, too. Happy Valentine's Day, Tuki. Um, you're amazing. Best dog ever. Ugh, yours is better than mine. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. You know what? Nobody likes to show off, Sid. But yeah, I, I heard your name mentioned there in that in that um spot, that little Valentine's Day message. Yeah, I heard yours, too. What? Well, no. let's see what other people think on the streets about, about Valentine's Day. Let's give it up for Annabelle with people on the streets. Hello, I'm Annabelle Hegarty, and this is... People on the streets. A 
a series where I go around and ask random people random questions. It's Valentine's Day, and I was reminiscing about elementary school when we would make mailboxes out of shoeboxes and pass out valentines to our classmates. So I decided to ask around and find out what everyone's favorite Valentine's Day candy is. Let's hear their answers. Chocolate-covered strawberries. Chocolate-covered strawberries. Anything with chocolate. Definitely chocolate. Chocolate cake. Cinnamon gummy hearts. I don't like the Valentine's Day candies, but I really mess around with the Loft House sugar cookies. Fun dip. Fun dip. Fun dip. Fun dip. Oh, that's a difficult question. Oh, dude. Okay, I shouldn't be trusted with fun dip, but I love it nonetheless. I like the fun dip. Fun dip is like actually so good, and it's such like a childhood like memory. I love it, but I only have it like during Valentine's Day. Fun dip. Um, Kit Kats. That's not very Valentine's, but but it's good. It's candy. Any kind of lollipops. Those Jolly Rancher ones. Those are good. Um, anything like marshmallow related. Nerd clusters. Red Hots. Uh, heart candy thingies. What are they called? Sweethearts. I would have to say the sweet tart lollipops. I can never find them anywhere, but those are by far the best. I would have to say the sweet tart lollipops too. There's just no other lollipop that's as good as those. Twizzlers. I used to love getting fun dips, but I'm a sucker for some chocolate. As always, thank you for tuning in and make sure to keep on listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Well, um, we heard a lot about people's favorite Valentine's Day candy. I have to say that I definitely am a fan of uh, Reese's or honestly anything with peanut butter. Reese's peanut butter cups are so good. Yeah, you too? Yeah, I love that. I also, if I was asked that question, I I wouldn't have remembered Fun Dip. But now that they said Fun Dip, I remember how much I love Fun Dip. Like, I haven't had Fun Dip in years. (laughs) See, I feel like Fun Dip is, like, fun for only the first few bites. And after that, I just... I just feel like it's too much. Too sugary for you? Yeah, it's, it's just too Yeah, much. it is overwhelming. But I guess maybe we like it more as kids because then you go like crazy after. <laughs> yes, after you have yes. it, you have a packet of Fun Dip and then you're bouncing off the walls and for stuff. For real. For real. But yeah, oh, I, I also love, yeah, anything chocolate is really good. What do you like? Um, The candy hearts? Oh, those candy hearts? I mean... I honestly don't know. They honestly don't taste like anything in my opinion. Yeah, I have like mixed feelings about it. My mom really loves them. Really, like she has like she's she's like hoarding them. Like I see like like she has just like <laughs> buckets of them. Like mom, like do you need this many like candied hearts? But um, I don't know. I have kind of have like mixed feelings about it. Like sometimes I like them and sometimes don't. I'm like, oh, why am I eating this? It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, next. Shall we pass it off to Sophia? I think we shall. Yes, let's pass it off to our sports director, Sophia Azano, for our amazing KMIH Breakfast on the Bridge sportscast. Yeah, I'm Sophia with your Breakfast on the Bridge sports update. Buckle up because these past few days have been full of ups and downs in the Seattle sports world. Spring training for the Seattle Mariners has started up and has been in full swing. The M's haven't been showing off the same form that ended their playoff drought last season, especially with a 1-3 record and a 1-10 loss to the Chicago White Sox yesterday. Some think it may be time to hit the panic button. The Mariners still have about a month's worth of games left to play before they kick off their season at the end of March. Moving next door to Lumen Field, the Seattle Sounders had their homes and season opener this past Sunday. With 30,000 fans, including myself, attending that game, 
the Sounders were able to pull out a win in dominating fashion against the Colorado Rapids 4-0. Mercer Island High School alumni Jordan Morris netted two goals and was the very first Sounders man of the match of the season. Now heading over all the way to the Big Apple, New York City's Department of Transportation swung and missed with a road sign in Queens. In honor of Baseball Hall of Famer Jackie Robinson, the city dedicated a street to him and named it Jackie Robinson Parkway, only there was a very small but noticeable error. Jackie's name was spelled incorrectly on the sign. Instead of J-A-C-K-I-E, the sign was presented as J-A-K-I-E. The mistake was noticed and the sign was replaced with a correct one just yesterday. That's it for your Breakfast on the Bridge sports update. Back to you, Sid and Molly. Well, thank you so much for that sports update, Sophia. And if I recall correctly, over midwinter break, something else pretty big happened in New York. Uh Do you know what that is, Molly? I think I do. I think that there was a type of contest that we won some awards for, the IBS Awards. Yes, and I think our sports director, Sophia, was actually there. So, Sophia, can you tell us a little bit about the IBS Awards? Yeah, so the IBS Awards, it stands for the Intercollegiate Broadcasting System. Oh, and it's I, I didn't know that. <laughs> organization for both high school and college radio programs, pretty much. And we were able to attend for the first time in person in about three, four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because my freshman year, they had to cancel it quite literally like three days before they left because it was March something. Because they were, if it was this year, they would probably head it out like a week or two. Yeah. after today so overall it was great to be there we had times where we toured the rockefeller center the 9-11 memorial saw the statue of liberty all that kind of fun stuff and then friday night was the big night a lot of awards ceremonies and all that kind of stuff and we had 16 awards won and these are national level so yes. just a quick little round of applause for the entirety of 88 nine the bridge for showing up yeah that's and, crazy and speaking of those 16 award winners i just want to Take a moment to give them a little bit of a shout-out because we do have a list. Uh, so I'll just go through this really quickly. But specialty, but Best Specialty Music Show went to Sophia Azano, who's on the mic right here, uh, Theodore Freeman, and Jonathan Agar. Uh, best Celebrity Interview, Ellie Sadler. Best Community Outreach ag- Event, Miles Avales and Molly Rojas. Oh, stop. co-host, yes. Uh, <laughs> best Spot News, Miles Avales. Well, okay. Uh, best campus and community event, Sophie Prock. She's our production director. She's our mm-hmm. she's producing this morning show, so she's doing Hi, Sophie. a lot. Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> Love, you, Sophie. Love you. Okay. Uh, best political news, Miles Avales. Okay, I see Miles. Hey, by the way, you will be able to hear Miles later because he will be coming in with your news segment. So you'll be able to hear IBS award-winning Miles Miles Avales. Miles is racking up those awards. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Best news interview, Sid Shroff. Uh, yeah. oh, go Sid. <laughs> uh, best liner is sweeper Ellie Sadler. Best spots, best spots interview Grace Go. Best program director Annabelle Hegarty. Best promotions director Jenna Martin. Best news director Miles Avales. Best sports director Sophia Azano. Best business director Andrew Howison. Best phone app KMIH staff. And best use of video and radio Gil McDonald and Dylan Shobe. Woohoo! So, I think we got a decent yeah. number this yeah. year. Like. I think I think we we really killed that. How was it winning the awards? Oh, it was great because we had a bunch of schools. Some were from Indiana, some from <laughs> South Carolina, and others from Jersey. And I think we were one of the only West Coast schools. I think oh, but representing the West Coast. We were just representing. Uh huh. I'll take it any day. But we were all just in this little conference room because it was being held at the Sheraton in Times Square, and it was just really great to see because. 
on one end there'd be some kids from Indiana all dressed up in formal, and then the other end were us like just Camite and a couple other schools just dressed casual in our Camite merchant hoodies and just getting ready to. <laughs> were, were they in like? Oh, they, they were in formal attire. Stuff? Yeah, suits and, like come they're on. <laughs> I flew in yesterday. Leave me alone. I'm tired. Yeah, they're, they're ready with like a, they're ready with like a script of what to say. Honestly, when they win. Yeah, I don't think we really said anything after we won, but uh, there we was did. a school. I think it was the South Carolina school. WPPB, the Pulse, won Station of the Year. So big congrats to them. Yes, congratulations. And yeah, so thank you so much for joining us about the IBS Awards. Congrats on thank your you. and on congrats your many to you, victories. both yeah. of you. Thank you thank so you. much. Great. And yeah, thank you so much, Sophia, for our news and our little IBS report. And next, we did hear that name, Sophie Proc, on the awards list. We heard it. Yeah, we're so ready. Let's, let's hear our production director, Jenna Martin, interview Sophie. Hey, Edie and I on the bridge, it's Jenna Martin, and I am joined here today with Sophie Proc, who is one of the ABRO members. How are you today, Sophie? I'm good. Thanks for asking, Jenna. Thank you so much for thank you so much for joining me to start things off. What is your position here at the station? This year, the position I hold is the student director of staff. What does that entail? So that means I basically lead all of the staff leadership meetings we have, and I kind of oversee everything that goes on. Um, I do a lot of work with the morning show, so oftentimes I'm executive producing or hosting the morning show and making sure we have teams together for community outreach events and basically just all the all the things that you can imagine with, with what a manager would do. Have you been on the station since freshman year? I have. I joined September when, when high school started for me in 2019. And then it went to COVID online. Yes, that it was- did. It wasn't... So I got like... A good maybe four months of radio broadcasting in person, but then it did transition into online school in, I think, early February. Oh, March, I guess it was, March. Um, so I, I got some time in, in the stations, and then it did switch on to um, online learning. So I, I did get some of the um, special 88.9 stuff that most people get in person, so I, I was lucky to have that because I really don't think that it would have been the same experience if I had started online. Definitely, and you probably wouldn't have been where you are today with this big of a passion. Did you have an outside influence that made you want to be? Co- Did you have an outside influence that helped you decide to be part of this radio station? Actually, no. I did just see this class on the course catalog. I knew nothing about it, and the only reason I took it was because I needed a CCR credit, and I just said, "Hey, why not?" Like radio broadcasting is different from any of the other CCR credits that didn't look as interesting, and. I thought it was unique, so I just signed up for it. Yeah. Since you have been doing it since freshman year, what has been your favorite part about producing something for the radio? I think the best part about radio is the freedom it gives me. So I have a I have a um, electronic dance music show on Saturday nights at 10. I'll plug my show. Tune in to that. Um, and I haven't really ever had a space to do that, and I didn't even start until last year. But I, something, music is something I'm passionate about. I play the piano, and not competitively, but I, it's a big part of my life, and I love being able to share that with 88.9 listeners. And also the fact that I can use my organizational skills to, to good use. You know, I, I'm the manager, so I, I do a lot of organization and agenda making, and that's kind of my job. But also there's a creative side to it. So what's special about it and what, what my favorite part is, is is the free form and creativity I'm, I'm allowed to have here. Would you say that you motivate yourself to do your best work or does all the people working together motivate you? 
I think being part of a team is really, really special and being able to work with a lot of different people too, because not everyone, something I've learned is that not everyone works the same way I do. And that's something I've kind of had to learn the hard way because it's, you know, it's, it can be difficult. Like if someone likes to do things like early and, you know, maybe sometimes I put things off, it's, it's hard to connect with them. And I think I've gotten better at being a leader because of the, of the station and also Something else that motivates me definitely is Joe. I think Joe makes everyone around him feel special and always has something nice to say. And that's just something I found that's so welcoming about the radio station. And Natalie as well. She's been a great addition to our station. And I just have so much love for the both of them. And I'm so lucky to have them in my life. I definitely think that this is the best class you could ever take at the high school just because of everything that you experience and all the life skills that you do learn. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sophie. And as always, continue to listen to 88.9 The Bridge. Well, thank you so much for that, Jenna and Sophie. Yep. Both of you are very loved staff members in mm-hmm. the KMIH community. It's so helpful. And they do both of them do so much for our station. So yeah. snaps to you. And I also have to echo their sentiment about Joe and Natalie. I, I third, I second that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they they just do so much for the station. And there's never a moment where I feel like I am out of place. I always feel like I am part of the community. Yeah, 100%. They and, make people feel so, like, meaningful and, yeah. like, you just, like, belong. And they and both Joe and Natalie know how to, like, really, really lift you up and really help you get the best out of what you want to do. And uh-huh. I am forever thankful for that. And I'm sure Sophie and Jenna... Uh, and Molly. Yeah. Are too. Well. <laughs> yeah, yes. don't forget about me, okay? <laughs> okay, well, let's let's check out what's going on in the news. We've been talking about him from our award-winning news director, Miles Avales. Ooh, what a way to start out. That's a lot of pressure off the bat. <laughs> Well, starting off our news, today the Supreme Court will consider whether or not to strike down Joe Biden's $20,000 student loan forgiveness plan which some see as an overreach of his presidential powers. The court, the court will hear two cases, one from six U.S. states and another from two people who, who hold student loan debt. They argue that the plan goes against federal law and the Constitution because it has not been subject to congressional approval. The future of Biden's plan has been unclear since October, when the 8th U.S. Circuit of Court of Appeals put it on hold. Biden has previously justified his decision, citing the 2003 HEROES Act, which allows the government to provide student debt relief in the event of a national emergency, saying that the economic effect of COVID constitutes that national emergency. If Biden plan goes through, it would cost an estimated $400 billion. Now let's hear from Sophia about what's going on in the world of science. Hi, I'm Sophia, and this is STEM News You Can Use. National Energy Agency has recommended that the auto industry downsizes its vehicle. This includes the U.S., and it's because heavier, less fuel-efficient vehicles increase oil demand and carbon dioxide emissions. The world's 330 million SUVs created almost 1 billion metric tons of carbon dioxide in the last year. That's more than the annual emissions of an industrial nation like Germany. An iPhone has sold for more than $60,000. A factory-sealed first-generation iPhone sold at an auction for $63,356.40.
more than 100 times its original price. The phone was sold by a woman who was given the phone in 2007, but never opened it because she didn't want to get rid of her other phone. Did you know that FDA no longer requires animal tests before human drug trials? This is due to the legislation recently signed by Joe Biden. The requirement for animal testing has been around since 1938, but now trials can rely on computer modeling and other methods that have been developed in the last 15 years. I'm Sophia, and this is STEM News You Can Use. Thank you, Sophia, for bringing us STEM News You Can Use. In Bellevue, parents and staff are protesting following the tentative plan from the Bellevue School District Board of Directors to relocate students from Eastgate, Wilburton, and Ardmore Elementary Schools to other nearby schools. The district claims that due to factors like a lack of affordable housing and low birth rates, there simply isn't enough student enrollment at these schools to justify the high cost of continued operation. Last night, parents of students from Ardmore met with the school board where they addressed their concerns that the relocations could damage their kids' well-being by separating them from their friends. There are set to be two more meetings between parents and the schools, one concerning Eastgate Elementary and another concerning Wilburton Elementary. By March 16th, the school board plans to finalize their consolidation plan and put it to vote. On Mercer Island, police have launched an investigation following a string of home burglaries on the south end. I had a chance to speak with Officer Berrigan regarding these break-ins. Well, this case is still currently being investigated, so I can't go super in-depth, but we do have detectives currently investigating. You know, that includes following up at certain addresses, you know, taking the available video evidence that we have, fingerprints where it applies, just following every single lead that they currently have. We've also started emphasizing patrols down on the south end uh, around the times where those houses were uh, burglarized to kind of scare off any potential future uh, suspects. It does appear that the uh, burglaries that you're referring to are linked just based on the available evidence that we have so far. While infrequent on Mercer Island, these break-ins do happen, and Officer Berrigan urges that people take basic steps to protect themselves. That is as simple as locking your doors and windows, you know, investing in an alarm, having ring doorbell cameras, stuff like that. Uh, You can set up motion-activated lights, you know, cameras in the front and back, uh, basic stuff like that. I I cannot tell you how many times I've had to remind people to, you know, lock their doors in their cars as well, especially if it's in your driveway. So what type of items do these burglars typically go after, and what do they do with them once they've gotten them? I've responded to burglaries where people have had, you know, jewelry, money if you keep cash at your house, clothing. This is going to sound like a joke, but I've legit gone to a burglary where someone broke into a house and stole Top Ramen, and nothing else. There's nothing specific, really. To be honest with you, a lot of these people, um, they're just looking for something that they can do a quick sell on, whether it's posting it online or a pawn shop, stuff like that. So I, this is not a real direct answer. I mean, keep your Top Ramen locked is what I'd say. Although 80% of burglary cases on Mercer Island occur when no one is home, it's important that you know how to respond if you are met by an intruder. Be as loud as possible, hide, and call the police. You know, a lot of these people, they're not looking to commit a violent crime. They're entering the home in hopes that nobody's there. Once they realize that somebody's there, they usually hightail it out. So protect yourself, stay hidden, try to yell, don't try to confront the person. 
uh, and just notify law enforcement as soon as possible. For more tips on how to stay safe, visit the MIPD website or listen to my full interview with Officer Berrigan on the MI Insider podcast. I'm Miles Alvarez reporting your morning news. Now back to your host on Breakfast on the Bridge. Well, I think that was that was definitely a really interesting news report. I think there were a lot of things to unpack there. Yes. Um, I think definitely there the home burglaries, that's been something that I've heard a lot about. I didn't recently. know that was happening actually. Yeah. I think especially my parents have been really particular about making sure that we're having like our doors locked, everything's mm-hmm. really safe because these home burglaries really are happening. And I, did, I didn't know that yeah, was a thing. And it's, wow. and it's on the south end, so at least for the most part, which is what I heard. I'm on the south end. <laughs> lock, your doors. lock your Mom, doors. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, lock your doors right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also noticed uh, the whole the whole story about Bellevue with the yeah, relocation of re- kids. That's that's interesting to me. Yeah. It, it was elementary school kids, right? Right, yeah. But it's also very pertinent to our school mi today because i think the reason miles correctly correct me if i'm wrong um but that the relocation was happening was because there like there weren't enough kids for them to like financially like really afford like that school and all of that yeah it's spot on yeah so but i've just i've just noticed that even our district has been having issues with funding with with like low enrollment and yeah after covid especially yeah people like we're changing schools going to homeschooling whatnot so yeah for sure and i i guess it's just it i guess we're still we're still recovering from that but yeah thank you so much miles for your news that was a pleasure to hear award-winning news (laughs) yes now now you guys know exactly what an award-winning newscast sounds like because this <laughs> that this was news it. director he's the real deal he's he's we the just, real deal yeah, he's we, making it big right he's now. making it big i'm here yeah. all week i'm here <laughs> all week <laughs> yes. he literally lives here so he lives <laughs> in the station so he's here he's definitely here all week yes all right see you guys <laughs> thank you miles. so much miles um yes so now shall we check out our club of the our club of the week i think we shall let's do it Let's hear from Elise McDonald with BSU Club of the Week. Hello, I'm Elise McDonald, back here with Club of the Week, where each week we shine a new light on a club here at MIHS. Let's get into it. This week, we're shining a light on the Black Student Union. I have Teddy with us to tell us a little more about it. So, when was it formed and why at MIHS? Well, uh, Kelly John Lewis, which is the... um, the guy that you usually see sitting at the hallway formed it last year in order to kind of connect the black students because there's only like 30 or 40 and you only see them every now and then in the hallway. So now BSU, well, he wanted to connect us so we can have a connection and that we can like kind of foster a community. That's kind of our, our logo, the foster community that uh, promotes inclusiveness. Yeah, that's great. So what does the club do exactly? Like what are you guys doing during meetings? Do you guys have events? We had an event um, last week about like the BSU dinner in which we bring all the African-American families who identify as black to the school district, to the high school and the commons to kind of meet everyone one-on-one. 
and we are working on a lot of stuff like we're working on the Juneteenth festival at the farmers market and we're educating the school uh, having promos having all this kind of stuff in order to educate the school about black history and also have kind of a connection with the other black students in the school. We meet in room 210 with in the connection with Student Voices for Change on Wednesdays after school. All I have to do is show up. They show up to the meeting and you're already you're already taking your first steps into being a BSU member. You said you wanted you were working on serving on at the middle school. Oh, uh, we're trying to open up actually the there's been an incredible initiative by the middle school students after they went to the BSU dinner to make their own BSU at the middle school and like they said they asked permission and we said yeah no problem and we'll keep in touch and then today they just they just sent me the poster for the BSU club like that they already made all the events out so that's what like that's what BSU is about because the connection not only goes to the high schoolers but it's such so meaningful to the middle schoolers that they do it by themselves it's an amazing yeah thing. that's really cool to see it like spread all the way from the high school down to the middle school and then like maybe down to like younger generations yeah. through and through all right thank you so much for coming in today to speak with us teddy thank you for having me yes of course and thanks to you for listening to club of the week here on kmih 88.9 the bridge yeah thank you elise that, that was really informational and it's, i feel like it's really good to have these club of the weeks because you learn about so many different like topics and what these clubs are doing and how they're helping the community yeah and i think especially bsu has been so important this february i mean we've been talking about february and uh it is black it is the last day of black history month and bsu has programmed so many amazing things yep for us to just learn about what really was black history and and Celebrating the culture. Yeah, celebrating celebrating different different culture. Learn, and not even different culture because this culture is so much of our community. It's mm. celebrating it it's it's celebrating our history, learning what's wrong with our history. And it's just such an important such an important thing for us to learn. Yeah. And BSU did such a good job. Yeah, they said that they've been working on this for like a year. Like they've been the students of BSU have been working super hard for um the, from planning multiple events this this um this year they had a movie night like you said they they had a dinner and they had have, have been doing like multiple different events and posting stuff so uh, they're doing a really good job and yeah. it's really amazing to see um people you know working hard for for stuff like that yeah yeah and i guess this also brings me to one of my little gripes about the concept of black history month because Yes, I think there's a time that we need to shed light and be like extra focused yep. on this is we need to learn about Black History Month and hey, we have a month through it. That's amazing. Yes. I love that. But that doesn't mean that this month is the only month that yes, we should be focusing I, I agree. on black history and racial injustice and mm-hmm. all of that. Right? There's I, there's so much there's yeah. so much that we can do beyond that and limiting it only to a month. It's, it's kind of frustrating because yeah. it's also like you see like companies that will kind of they, 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 they use these kind of these month like Black History Month and Pride Month and whatnot for their own like beneficial gain. Yeah. Like they like they put out stuff for it, like relating to it. But then once a the month is over, it's like, oh, whatever. Like, who cares? Exactly. And that oh, whatever reaction is exactly what we don't want. Yeah. 
We want people to go you, into Black History Month, learn something, mm-hmm. and come out of it with a, hey, what else can I do? Yeah, what can I continue doing yes. throughout the whole year? What can I keep learning? Because you don't have to like limit your learning to one month. Exactly. Like, like even if it's labeled Black Black History Month or whatnot, you can still like spread awareness and you know and help and help the communities and whatnot. Like you don't have to limit your what you're learning and what you're hearing to one month. Like like stuff like that should be learned all, th- all throughout the year. And it's frustrating, especially in schools. I feel like because we don't, we only, we don't learn like st- a lot of stuff about about different cultures and whatnot, unless it's kind of like uh, like Black History Month or whatnot. I feel like exactly, and that's why I'm so glad that we have BSU because I mean I feel like BSU is going to at some point really help just reinforce this idea and just like them being there year round and just and. And just talking about it, which is like creating community yep. for for them, creating a, a helpful community for our school. I think it it's just really important. Yep. And um, yeah, I think I like the idea of having a month to celebrate and honor black history. But I also think that the way we view that month needs to be a way as a jumping board mm-hmm. so yep. that it's like a, it's just like the starting point. It's not the end it's not the end of our like learning of black history when we get to the yeah. end. It needs to be the jumping board like, hey, I've learned so much this month and now what else can I do? Yeah, it's not just the end of you supporting like your your black peers. Like you need to continue to continue yeah. doing that. Yeah. And it yeah. I guess I guess that's that that's my little spiel. My 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 little spiel on Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm so thankful that Elise took the time and BSU took the time to get together and produce something because because this is this is an imp- important topic and this is what is so so relevant today. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so let's let's jump to a song and then we'll hear a little bit more in history from Will Proc. Trying on not to fall. Hello, I'm Will Prog, and we are back with what happened today on history on February 28th. In February 28th, 1861 to 76, the predecessor of the state, Colorado, was created on February 28th, 1861. That means the territory of Colorado was founded in 1881. The territory was formed in response to a secession crisis, as well as a massive influx of white immigrants during the Colorado Gold Rush. It was organized by the acts of the 36th Congress and was signed into law by President James Buchan just before incoming President Abraham Lincoln took office. The Colorado Territory was carved from existing territories, including the Kansas, Nebraska, New Mexico, and Utah territories. The leaders in Denver had also provisionally governed the area as Jefferson Territory between October 24, 1859 and February 28, 1861, though it was never legally recognized by the federal government. Thank you for listening to What Happened Today in History. I'm Will Proc, and back to the music on 88.9 The Bridge. Thank you, Will. That was a that, that was that was a nice learning of history. I think we've had we've had a lot of that this February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and uh, some nice music as well for the background. I was getting kind of pumped up when listening. Yeah, yeah, for real. I was 
yeah, that was that was just really giving giving me the energy I need to just yeah. get through, get, yeah. get through, <laughs> survive the day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that that will that will be carrying me through that music. <laughs> yeah, me too. And Will's Will is um Sophie's younger brother. Yeah, so yeah. both We've, talented talented um radio students. Yeah, we've got there's there's many like generations of of, <laughs> of people that just cycling through the radio station. Yeah. The more I think about it, it just it just keeps coming. Yeah, siblings yeah. after siblings are just coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, once once one graduates, the next takes over. So <laughs> hopefully, we'll see Will doing yes. great things, winning lots of awards. For I'm, our, I'm looking for our forward to it. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling really like really pumped after the IBS award. It's just like a new like yeah, guys. Just a guess boost what? To confidence. We, <laughs> We're the real deal. We're the real We're deal. We're <laughs> We won national awards, okay? Yes. Anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing so many more great things from Will and hearing so many more great things from all of our staff at the radio station because, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Should we talk about um, kind of something relating to college? Okay. So have you heard of the Wall of Rejection? Oh, <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> yes. So, on our uh, at our high school, we have a wall of rejection where seniors who um, have been rejected from a college a college can put uh, the a paper up of like their rejection letter mm-hmm. and onto this wall. So, Sid, I want to know what you think about this. Well, um, I think this is definitely like first, like it's college season. Everybody's getting their acceptance and rejections and. Uh, it's an emotional time, and mm-hmm. I think the intent of the wall of rejection is to be like, "Hey, there are people with you. Everybody is getting rejected. Yeah, everybody is having we're these all, difficulties, like, we're all right? Like, yeah. we're we're all in this together. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can, I can never High School Musical. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to wall of rejection. I think, um, and I think it's good that people are like. Uh, that people know that there's other people that are going through the same thing. Yes, I think the intent is good. Yes, yep. I don't think, however, that it promotes just like the best kind of community because there. I think there was like a joke, like Bellevue College yes, rejection I that saw was put that. up, and like someone put their put like put their friend up as like got rejected from Bellevue College. So um, I, I think, think it's just yeah. it can be harmful because yeah. you know. Some people, like, we see on the wall, like, some people are getting rejected from Ivy Leagues. Okay, like, you got rejected from an Ivy League. Some people are getting rejected to smaller states, like, smaller state schools. Either way, you're still being rejected, but I feel like it kind of promotes a way that's, like, oh, if you get rejected from a smaller school, like, a a school that's not, like, 8% to get into, then it's, like, oh, like... Then it's like embarrassing to put yeah, it up on the wall Im- because because you're only seeing these Ivy Leagues on yeah, the wall because when I go you're check next that to out, it, yeah, yeah, you're like it's like Duke, like Penn, like it's just like all, all like schools that are like really good and like it shouldn't matter like if you got rejected from a smaller school or you got rejected from Ivy League, like I don't know. So I feel like it kind of promotes like I see how it could do like I see like the intent is good like spreading. Like, showing that, like, you're not alone. Like, everybody gets rejected. Like, I know it's hard, but, like, you know, everybody goes through it. But at the same time, it's, like, I don't know. It yeah. can kind of bring, like, a negative a negative view. And also, like, people, like, that are putting, like, put up that they got rejected from Bellevue College is, like, I don't know. It's just not, not okay. Because, like, yeah, the joke. it does not matter if you're, go- like, what school you're going to, like. Yeah. 
to make fun of someone else's choices. Like, what if there is someone that really wants to go to Bellevue College and whatnot? There's definitely loads of people that do. And, like, why would you make fun of someone like that? Yeah. So. And I think, I just think there is a little bit of a toxic culture of of the way that we view college. And, I mean, to some point, the... To some point, it's like yes, you want to you want to bring bring out your fullest potential and get to the best college that you can and just like kind of like carve the future that you want to carve. Yeah. But like p- another part of it is just so much focus on like getting into a good school, and that's that's not that all there is to your future. Yeah. And I think that's just important to note. And the wall of rejection describes that. It shows that. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. If, yeah. 100%. Have you started... I know you're junior, but have you start, started your college search? Or you st- like, I've started. I, and uh, I'm already done. Oh, you really? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Like, I'm already done with it. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want it. Oh, you, you don't want to do it. I'm like, you're already done with applying yeah. to colleges? Um, me? Um, actually, I put everything off until the last minute, which is not a good idea because it was me, like, writing my literal, like, prompts, like, an hour before it was due. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm really good at putting things off like that. Like, I'm like, oh, I have, a, I have, a, I have like, a week. <laughs> and then uh, like, and then it's like last day. I'm like, oh, so I actually have to write this, but um, yeah, I did not do a good job of of putting things <laughs> off. But it seems like since doing a little bit of a better job, a little bit of a better job than me. But don't feel too stressed to to um apply to colleges and start. You can also be like a a te- a teenager still. You don't have to work yeah. constantly worry about it. Yeah, I but, think that's super important. Yeah, because I feel like Rest Island puts a lot of stress on going to college and going to a really good school and whatnot. It's just like you kind of like have to at one point got to remember that you're like you're still a student. You're still a, a teenager. Like you can still live your life. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I, I 100% agree. Um, and I guess that's just I think it's just the the way the college culture works in our school. And it's different for every school. And there's yeah. positives and negatives to both. But um. I definitely think the wall is a good sentiment, but there are also things that it demonstrates about our school's culture that are, yeah, are just different, yeah, interesting, positive you know? and negative, positive and negative. to everything. Yeah. If you get into college, congratulations. If you don't, great work still. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, like we're all human, we all get you know rejected, waitlisted, deferred. So it's important to remember that. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's all we have to say. Uh, all we have to say on that and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just think college is it's just it's such a process. There's there's so much there's so much to yeah. think about it, and there's there's just so much to do. So, good luck to me. Good luck. <laughs> good, good luck li- to you. Good luck, Molly. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Am I ready for college? That's a good question. That's a really good question. I feel like I've been ready for a while, but at the same time, I feel like am I ready? Ooh. Like I kind of want to, I kind of want to leave high school now. <laughs> I, I've been ready for a couple of years, but now that I'm there and that I'm, I'm like 15 weeks away from graduating, now I'm like, oh, I'm actually like, I'm actually getting close. Like I'm, yeah. I'm almost done. Think so, about it. This was your last February in school, ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's I know it's really <laughs> weird to think about. Like when you like think like, oh. That was my last this. Oh, that was my last that. It's like, it's kind of weird because yeah. it's just like, it doesn't feel real. I think like COVID kind of like messed up that like, that like schedule and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. And with that, I think that was the last part 
of our last morning show in this February. I know so. you're gonna, I know you're going to miss us, but, <laughs> yeah. but we'll be back, I promise. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to Breakfast on the Bridge. I'm Sid Shroff. I'm Molly Rojas. And you're listening to 88.9 The Bridge. We hope you enjoyed your helping of Breakfast on the Bridge, brought to you by our KMIH staff and dedicated to the stories, lives, and people of the Mercer Island community. We hope your dinner was as good as your breakfast on the bridge. And thank you for listening.